0: This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Getaway this week. Also, Sherry Kennedy here with Cruise News. Don't forget to check out our YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Cruise Radio. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line returning to another West Coast
1: port... For the first time in seven years, Carnival will have a ship sailing out of San Diego um, on September 29th. Next year, 2019, Carnival Miracle will reposition from Tampa over to the west coast. And the first cruise from San Diego is on December 1 of 2019, and that's going to go to the Mexican Riviera. And they have several different itineraries planned, and they all range from 13 to 15 days. And then after the September 29th Panama Canal cruise, the Miracle will then spend two months cruising out of Long Beach before it goes down the coast to San Diego. So it's not going straight over to San Diego. But if you want to get aboard the Miracle in San Diego, don't wait too long because the ship's only going to be there for two months also, and that's December and January. Um, There's two longer Carnival Journeys cruises that are planned from San Diego, and they're both going to Hawaii. But then the last Miracle Cruise from San Diego is a 13-day eastbound Panama Canal cruise, and that's leaving on February 1. And just out of curiosity, because it sounded really good, I checked for a solo fare for an inside stateroom, and it was over $3,000. Wow. So that's, that was the lead-in fare. So maybe it'll come down. I don't know. It's going to be a popular sailing for sure.
0: But, hey, you know what? If they're going to get it, more power to them.
1: And I bet they get that or close to it because— yeah. If you haven't done a Panama Canal cruise, it's really interesting.
0: Well, those taxes are insane anyways on those voyages, but it's totally worth it. I think so, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so moving on, <laughs> a Carnival cruise ship was sailing in the Caribbean and rescued a man overboard from another cruise line, right?
1: Yeah, this is what happened somewhere um, around 3 o'clock on Saturday, just a few days ago, about 30 miles off the coast of Cuba, a crew member from Norwegian Getaway was reported to have gone overboard. So, of course, immediately the Norwegian Getaway turned around and returned to the area, you know, started doing the search procedure. The Coast Guard joined in, but by 9 o'clock they had to suspend the search because it was too dark. So the next day, and they probably gave up hope, but the next day around 1 p.m., a steward aboard the Carnival Glory, also doing a Western Caribbean spotted a body bobbing in the water, and when the sighting was confirmed, Carnival Glory circled back and rescued the crewman. Um, As of right now, it's not been reported how or why the Norwegian crew member uh, from the getaway ended up going overboard, but uh, it's a pretty nice story. Good ending on that one.
0: You know, not trying to make light of this, but you think he was, you know, second-thinking that jump and then figured out, you know
1: what... Uh, probably shouldn't have done that. You know, that's what they say. It's just, it's just a creepy feeling, though. And, and the guy's, you know, floating in the in the water. Um, he, they spotted him uh, thirty miles offshore, like I said. But when they picked him up, he was only twenty one miles offshore. So he drifted nine miles. How can you know? How yeah, do you, well, how a lot of currents down there.
0: Out? A lot of currents between Florida and uh, Cuba as well. So,
1: that's true. well, I'm glad everything was that.
0: okay there. I mean. Wow! Hopefully, that guy gets the yeah. help he needs. Um, Holland America decided to sell off one of their iconic ships. Uh, you know, it seems like Carnival Corporation is just dumping <laughs> a lot of ships these days.
1: Yeah, it seems to be the rage. I guess they're moving, you know, moving them out and building new ones. But this was pretty much a surprise move, and Holland America announced it was selling their only small ship, the eight hundred and sixty-five passenger. Prince and everybody loved the Prince and Dame, mm-hmm. and that's what that was sold to Phoenix Reisen it's a German cruise line maybe it's pronounced Reisen anyway the Prince and Dame, the little prince and Dame, entered service in 1988 as a uh, a member of the Royal Viking Line and was named Royal Viking Sun and then 11 years later the ship was sold to Seaborn and became the Seaborn Sun but uh, that barely lasted three years when the ship was sold to Holland America and renamed Prinsendam. Um, Holland America will charter the ship for all sailings through now through July of uh, 2019, July one exactly. So you know if you're booked on the Prinsendam till then, all is good. But after that, all the other ra- reservations will be moved to either the Rotterdam, the Volendam, or the Veenendam. So yeah, you know it's kind of interesting. Like you said, uh, there goes another one.
0: This last news story is kind of unique. Cunard Line joins an effort to build a new Statue of Liberty Museum. I I know nothing about this, so enlighten me.
1: Yeah, this is pretty interesting. Cunard has partnered with the Statue of Liberty Ellis Island Foundation. They have a crowdfunding campaign to help build the new Statue of Liberty Museum located on, where else, Liberty Island. The museum is scheduled to open in 2019, And its purpose is to tell the history of the Statue of Liberty. and will also house the original torch, which is interesting because I figured that was still the one that she's holding, but I guess not. If anyone wants to make a modest contribution of $18.86, that's the year the Statue of Liberty was dedicated, they'll receive an embossed notepad from Cunard. And they'll also have their name permanently recorded in the Founders' Registry in the museum and on its websites. So it's kind of interesting because, you know, when you leave uh, out of New York, you go right past the Statue of Liberty. So, you know, it's, it's sort of a a nice uh, connection that they're making. You know, you're, they so, go past there, they need it, and it'll be nice. They'll probably even have a shore excursion going over there. I, I
0: talk about it a lot, but... That just that New York City sail away is so amazing.
1: Yeah, what do you like better, the sail away or when you come in at five o'clock in the morning?
0: The sail away because I don't have to get up at four thirty.
1: Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, listener,
0: listener question here always email your listener questions, Doug at cruiseradio.net. This one is from Brian. Hi, Doug. I really enjoy the podcast. Uh, I would imagine you receive a lot of questions about gratuities for crew members, but I'm going to add mine to the mix. Um, Is the money I put in the envelope for my head server, for example, actually making it to the head server's pocket? Or does it go into a larger pool that all servers pull from? If crew members from other service areas are pulling from the tip pool, do you know the percentage to each service area? We like to tip more than expected, and we like to know if it's actually getting into their hands. Keep up the good work, Brian.
1: Well, Brian, this is probably one of the deepest, darkest secrets kept in the cruise industry, and if you ask four people, you'll probably get four different answers, but I'll give you what I know, and that's to the best of my knowledge. If you directly hand your waiter, assistant waiter, sommelier, etc., an envelope with cash in it, he or she will keep it and not be required to you know, turn it in into a big basket or something of that nature. On the other hand, those automatic gratuities that are added to your onboard account are divvied up among all the crew members from laundry to maintenance, and um, I haven't been able to find out what percentage goes where. I don't know if it's equal. I don't know how they do that. But, um, you know, I would suggest leaving the automatic tips on your account And then if anyone has gone above and beyond, say goodbye, give them a handshake, and slip them a bill on the last night of your cruise. Um, And Doug and I, Doug, you have something that you do. I
0: have friend requested some servers I've had in the past on Facebook, and I have asked them about this same question. And they tell me the money they get directly from you, the cruise guest, they keep it. They're not required to turn it over. The only thing that's divvied up is the... the pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the pool,
1: yeah. And I also have a, something, well, not quite similar, but it, it's also about tipping. And you might know this one already, too. Um, you know, on like the first or the second night of a cruise... You know, I look for a bar where I'm comfortable, where I can sit and relax. And, you know, if the bartender is really nice and makes a good drink, I'll just slip him or her a a $20 bill right at the beginning of the cruise. And and I've noticed it really does help if the bar is crowded at happy hour time. You'll be one of the first to get service rather than trying to, you know, put your hand in there and wave to get someone's attention. And it really also helps you get a little bit more generous pour So, as you said on a previous show, Money Talks. Very
0: good. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry.
1: Thanks, Doug. See you later.
0: Cruise Radio. Maintaining
2: our global reach.
0: Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Park West makes us excited to spend money on art.
2: To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We know you can't
0: go on every single cruise,
2: so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio.
0: Christopher and his friends just got back from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Norwegian Getaway out of Miami. Christopher joins us on the line. How you doing, bud? Pretty good. How about you, Doug? Good, man. Thanks for calling in and offering to share your review of Norwegian Getaway. It's been a few months since we've uh, had a review on the ship. So with that said, let's get some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail um, NCL? Because I understand this is your first time sailing the cruise line.
2: Yep. Uh, this was my 12th cruise. Uh, I'd never been on a Norwegian. I always wanted to go on one, but it used to be a lot more expensive, but now their pricing has come down and been pretty comparable with Norwegian and Royal Caribbean. And the cruise fit with the time frame and price and uh, the whole free at sea thing made it just a lot more uh, financially viable.
0: So just curious, uh, you did the free at sea promo. What did you pick?
2: Uh, you got to pick the ultimate, uh, the ultimate uh, drink package. There you Just, go. As far as like looking at how much it cost, uh, I was I was blown away when it's like, wow, this would have cost like eight hundred dollars, right? <laughs> but but it only costs a hundred or something for the because you you had to pay the taxes. Yeah. But sure. other than that, the only big problem that I didn't know and I had never heard, uh, so I look at reviews and listen to your show, but uh, apparently on NCL. When you're in your home, in that home port in the United States, mm-hmm. even if you have the ultimate dining package, they charge you the tax. So I was I was looking on the iConcierge app. It's like eighty cents. What is this? I have the free drink package, and I and I went and I asked. They're like, "Oh, you have to pay taxes while you're in Miami," which is kind of ridiculous, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like twice the taxes if you're in uh, Europe too. You have that VAT tax on top of it, and it's uh. It's crazy there. So you make your way from Georgia, where you're located, down to Miami, Florida. Uh, how was your embarkation when it came time to board Norwegian Getaway?
2: Uh, embarkation was a breeze. It's probably one of the easiest embarkations we've had. Unfortunately, there's that tropical storm right right around Florida when we were driving down. So it mm-hmm. set back our time frame to arrive had the port uh, by like forty-five minutes or so, and because of that, we uh, when we ended ended up getting on the boat. Uh, Vibe was sold out, so uh. <laughs> I timed it. it. Took me twenty-nine minutes to go from inside the terminal. Stepping inside the terminal and stepping on the ship, which is wow, incredible. Yeah, yeah
0: totally. <laughs> so you make your way on board Norwegian Getaway, your first time stepping on board a Norwegian Cruise Line ship. What were your first impressions?
2: Oh, uh, I mean, my first impressions was that the ship looked really good. You know, Norwegian has the whole modern decor, which is a lot different from Carnival and Royal Caribbean, which I'm normally used to uh, cruising with. The only big negative on that was when you walk onto the ship, you kind of just walk into a hallway. Um, you don't normally get that uh that normal step into the boat into a massive open atrium like you do on a lot of other boats but other than that uh the ship looks fantastic the open areas were a little crowded
0: it's interesting that how those ships like you just you're walking into pretty much where the elevator bank is which I believe it's yeah. on deck 7 I think is yeah
2: you're, you you walk in and it's literally Uh, For the ship, because they're uh, the godmothers of the ship or whatever is the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders. So it's just Mm -hmm. a bunch of pictures of Miami Dolphins stuff, oceans, and elevators. Yeah. That's what what you see when you walk on.
0: Yeah, definitely underwhelming. Same thing with Bliss, though. You walk into a hallway. Um, So what kind of room did you book, and what did you think of it? We booked an inside room.
2: I normally actually like booking inside rooms because they don't have windows and it's pitch black when I turn off the lights to go to sleep. So I always get amazing sleep on cruises. Mm -hmm. But we also booked an inside because the price difference was $450 more for a balcony at the time when we booked. So the other uh, two couples that we went with, they went all in for the balcony. For a lot of them, it was their first cruise. And I'd much rather honestly take that $450 and spend it on things to do in the cruise or on excursions rather than a place that I'm not in that much.
0: As far as the space in the cabin, what'd you think of it?
2: Um, the space was actually pretty good. Uh, so, you know, A lot of these inside cabins normally are pretty small. Uh, it looked nice. You know, It had the modern decor. The biggest thing that I was actually blown away with was the uh, the bathrooms are some of the biggest bathrooms I've been in on any boat, especially the shower. It doesn't have like a cheap shower curtain like a lot of cruise ships have. It has the tempered glass mm-hmm. and the shower's actually pretty big. And I'm a bigger guy. I'm Six six. So fitting well, in those uh, <laughs> fitting in those bathrooms and the showers is normally pretty hard for me, but it wasn't a big problem on this boat.
0: Talk about dining on board Norwegian Getaway. How was that for you? It was really good. You know, the the thing I was
2: looking the most forward to is because Norwegian they're one of the first people to come up with the whole specialty dining. Um, so we got the specialty dining package, the just the lowest level one, which is you get three meals mm-hmm. because. Uh, The two other couples they got balconies, so they got two free at sea choices. So we all did the drink package, and then we did the dining package. We basically ate at almost every dining venue on the ship. We went to Oceans for lunch, which is pretty good. Uh, They have a good variety. Um, The only problem is during uh, it's one of the only few lunch options throughout the rest of the cruise. Uh So you get used to you basically only eat at uh, Oceans or. The buffet or pay extra to eat at Margaritaville for lunch on this boat like the entire seven days, which kind of gets annoying after a while. We ate at Teppanyaki first, which honestly was one of the best hibachi experiences I've ever had. The guy cooking. A lot of places you go to hibachi place, they do the exact same thing over and over again. You've seen it all before. He actually did stuff I hadn't seen before. The food was really good. You got about a double portion of what you normally get when you get at a hibachi place, which is pretty nice. The next night we went to Moderno which is the Brazilian steakhouse. That place was phenomenal and uh our waiter was really good when he he noticed that we were kind of uh telling the waiters to that we didn't want certain cuts of meat because we had ate them all mm-hmm. and we we uh, a lot of the guys in the group we wanted to eat all of them. <laughs> so uh and we did. At the last night of the cruise we went to Cagney's, mm-hmm. which um was honestly one of the best steakhouse Type meals I've ever had. I'm not normally a huge steak person, but you know I had to go all in on the the 20 ounce porterhouse, which was massive. Was probably one of the best steaks I've ever had.
0: Back to your teppanyaki experience, I, I agree with you on Norwegian having like solid teppanyaki experiences. When I was on <laughs> Norwegian Star uh, for vacation last summer, that was like. I'd put that up against, like, a land-based Benihana or anything. Like, it wasn't the typical, oh, look, a volcano or yeah, throwing exactly. an egg up in the air. It was, like, you know, kind of being innovative. And that's, uh, yeah, NCL really excels at that, I think. Uh, did you sit in the, like, their dining rooms at all during uh, meals?
2: Well, first off, we also <laughs> we also went to a fourth specialty place oh, okay. just because for me and my girlfriend, we wanted to do something special. Mm-hmm. And we picked uh, La Cucina. Nice. Um I actually didn't like it <laughs> oh like at all <laughs> um uh it kind of reminds me of like the way their menu's set up it reminds me of uh carabas which i'm not like a huge fan of in real life like on back on shore anyway because it's it's when i go to an italian place i want to eat pasta the main focus on that menu is meat as opposed mm-hmm. to pasta like meat without pasta so we did the upcharge for the noci to go from a appetizer to an entree when they brought it out it's like oh this is the upsailed version she's like yeah and i counted there's like 20 pieces of pasta <laughs> the we went to all the main dining rooms because seven day cruise was like ah, eh, we'll just try them all the only one i didn't really like was the was it called the tropicana room you think oh live music that's cool people can dance mm-hmm. but it was really loud yeah taste and savor they're the exact same thing and we actually had really good service in both taste and savor
0: cool how about the uh the lido deck area we went to the buffet a couple
2: times we'd walk through there a lot just to get through uh going to the other parts of the ship like riding the elevator up and every single time i walked through there it was completely packed no matter what what time of day it was day or night off hours it was just slammed but um, the food was the food was okay. It's buffet style food. It's nothing to write home about. It's a
0: buffet, right? Yeah,
2: I'd say that the uh, buffets on Carnival are better.
0: Okay, uh, so seven nights on Norwegian Getaway. How was the entertainment?
2: Uh, the entertainment was actually pretty good. Um, we went to uh, both of the free shows. The first one was Burn the Floor, which is kind of a Latin dance show. Thought it was okay, but granted, I'm not a huge dance fan mm-hmm. there's no story it's just a bunch of vignettes of people dancing uh-huh. uh but the other people in my group they liked watching all those dance shows on tv and they absolutely loved it and then we also went to a million dollar quartet which i thought was fantastic it was a uh, much better than other shows i've seen on other ships uh it's really entertaining and great music and the actors are also playing the music uh, the musical instruments which is pretty nice we spent a little extra money and we went to the cirque dreams
0: and steam dinner show mm-hmm. have you ever been on that I'm trying to think. So, the Cirque Dreams. I think when that ship first came out, wasn't a uh, like an illusionarium in there, and then they switched to the Cirque Dreams like a couple of years ago. Yeah, okay, that's,
2: that's what they did.
0: Okay, that's what. So I did the illusionarium.
2: Okay, because I've he- I heard mixed things about illusionarium portion, but like mm. uh, the so Cirque Dreams and Steam is basically Cirque du Soleil on the ocean uh-huh. and. So you get a dinner. You don't get any choices. It's just they have the only thing for the courses, but they were actually really good. And the quality was really good. The only annoying thing is we had to spend the extra money on. There's two prices. There's a twenty nine ninety nine and thirty five ninety nine, and we had to pay the thirty five ninety nine because the twenty nine ninety nine was sold out. Hmm. And literally, all it gets you is four feet closer to the stage. No joke, four feet closer. <laughs> That's it. So, but it was amazing. The show completely blew us away. They do some things at the end, you know, it's typical circus things. But this guy's shooting a crossbow at this woman. It's <laughs> you're just like, how are you doing this?
0: <laughs> no, that's like where they're running through the aisles and stuff too, right? So they're like right next to your yeah. table.
2: Yeah, they're running in and out of the aisles. There's a this guy obviously used to be a gymnast, and there's this portion where these things he's balancing on play like a key, like on a keyboard and he's balancing on one hand and he's jumping around on the different keys and he plays like a tune. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> do they tell you like, don't get up and go to the restroom during this performance. They, they do. They
2: do very harshly imply like, please do not move. <laughs> That's funny. Cause they, they're literally, there's two or three doors that they come in by. And then one was actually right next to us. Uh huh. And they were coming in and out, and there's person riding on bikes, and they're bringing all sorts of crazy props and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to that show. Yeah,
0: interesting. Let's see. So how about the, like the public areas around the ship as far as – I mean you had the ultimate beverage package. So what kind of bars did you like? Did you hit the Tobacco Road, I think it's called? I think they might have changed that. I think oh. it's
2: called suns. It's just generically the sunset bar now, okay, gotcha. which is next to the cigar place. But yeah, we went to. I basically drank a drink at at least every single bar on that entire boat. Awesome. Um, we went into the ice bar. That was another big thing that we wanted to do. It was twenty dollars, but it was pretty interesting. I mean, the, you know, they're not really over here in America. It's mostly. You see them in like Scandinavia Europe, yeah. but it's incredibly cold. I'm just gonna <laughs> throw it out there because it's 17 degrees. I wore shorts in there. Okay. Um, probably not the best call. <laughs> we lasted like 10 minutes in there. Yeah, but you got you got a uh, with the unlimited drink package. You got to drink on unlimited drinks in those ice cups. But after after 10 minutes, we're like, no, nope, we're
0: getting out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's too cold. Wow, so you were you were only there for a few minutes and then. Now, the that experience, do they limit the amount of people that can go in per time? I heard
2: something about that, but really there's not like it's not like this thing is there's a massive line for people to go into like a meat locker, cold, yeah. like cold environment on a cruise, but when we were in there there's only like another like four or five people other than us. and it was Kind of, you're feeling the kind of like crowdedness cuz the room is not very big, but Okay. Cuz I would look when I was sitting at the mojito bar which is next to the ice bar. There wasn't like a ton of people going in and out of that place. It was probably just like a trickle every every day.
0: Gotcha. And actually, I was wrong. Um, The tobacco road bar is on Norwegian Escape, not Getaway. So I was was one ship too early there. Um, Okay, so very good. Let's talk about sea days on Getaway. Uh, How was it as far as crowds and congestion were concerned?
2: Yeah, this is a a little bit of a, I guess, a negative on the boat is just They jam so many things in that boat Mm -hmm. that there's no real big open areas. Like there's not really any lounges and stuff. So it seems very, very crowded at times depending on where you are. And my biggest concern when I booked the ship was that there was no pool in the adults-only area at the back in Spice H2O. And it was a big problem because essentially, I mean, they have a kid pool and like a kid's water park. But essentially for the rest of the crews, like the rest of the people on the boat, so 4,000 people total, most of them are only going to be using one pool. That's it. Yeah. And it was jam-packed almost the entire time. And four of our six people didn't even go into the pool <laughs> during our cruise. Uh, me and my girlfriend were the only ones who did. And we did it because we went, we went back early from a port. And it was dead on the ship when we got in the pool. And that's really the only way we can get
0: in there. Did you hit up any but, of the water slides?
2: No, my uh, my girlfriend did, and she liked him. But, yeah, I didn't really have a chance to go. One of the big things, though, that I will say was nice about this ship is uh, in the Spice H2O area, um, there's a lot of seating. Mm. But no one goes in those grottos. <laughs> that grotto, uh, the my they have on the ship, it's the Miami Art Deco Yeah grotto in the back no one sat in there so basically i just exchanged pool time for sitting in the grotto
0: <laughs> okay fair swap
2: yeah that and then uh you know it's it's nice enough you get the you get your water fix you get it's like a basically a waterfall mm-hmm. with mist and then ankle deep water yeah so.
0: okay nice now uh what ports of call did you hit on this seven night sailing and i just give us a brief highlight from each one
2: we went to uh costa maya Harvest K, Roatan, and Cozumel.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Coast of was first. I hadn't been there in, I think, about six years. And they had really added a bunch of new shops. They expanded the pool area, seating area. They added a bunch of sand to make it feel like a beach, I guess. We kind of just did some shopping and then just hung out in that big pool between the two bars. We didn't really do an excursion that day because a lot of the other people in our group, they were kind of on a tight cruise budget. so. We just kind of relaxed, and that was it, and that was good enough for us. Then next, we went to Harvest K. I was actually pretty excited for Harvest K because I hadn't been. looked great on uh, YouTube, and when I looked them up on other websites. and Actually, overall, I think it was just okay. I was actually kind of disappointed. The beach was really nice. There's tons of free chairs and chairs next to umbrellas, which was really nice. But the sand itself has a ton of crushed shells. And the sand gets extremely hot during the day, and I literally got burns on my feet from walking to the ocean and back to my chair a couple times. Oh,
0: yeah. I was actually – I had two things written down to ask you about the Harvest K experience. And one was, was it a rocky beach? And the second one was, could you use the ultimate beverage package on the island? You couldn't, which is
2: another thing. It's like it's a private island owned by Norwegian. You would think that you could use your your drink package on there, but it wasn't. It was all like – independent vendors yeah um the other weird thing about harvest k was uh the pool like i was i was really excited to go to the pool because it's very big but um when we went there after the beach it was completely packed you could not get into that pool and there was no space for seating Mm -hmm. around there like all the seating was taken so if anyone wants to go to harvest k and go into the pool or hang out next to that bar by the pool you got to go early otherwise you're never going to be able to get a seat and you won't have anywhere to put like your bags or anything does the cruise ship dock there yeah they do okay and uh one of the nicest things especially going from coast to the day before where it was it felt like you were on the sun Mm -hmm. so hot the entire walk it is a long walk from the pier but it's almost 90 percent shaded okay so that's really convenient, because otherwise it would have been unbearably hot there as well.
0: Okay, and what you go next? Um,
2: next, we went to Roatan. Roatan was our most anticipated place to go because of the excursion I booked.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was the first time I ever booked an excursion not through the ship, and uh, I couldn't have asked for a better time. We did it through this place called Daniel Johnson Sloth and Monkey Sanctuary. Okay. So for $55 a person, you got... Transportation to and from the port, full island tour. Then you went to the Daniel Johnson Sloth and Monkey Sanctuary where you got to uh, hold and interact with sloths, monkeys, parrots, and macaws. And then after that, you hopped on a boat and then went to a nearby barrier reef to snorkel. Wow. And yeah, and the snorkeling was really good. There's a ton of visibility, there's lots of coral, there's a, some fish. I also saw a bunch of lobster. And we went snorkeling for about an hour or a little over an hour. And um, really the only problem I had with snorkeling was literally everyone in our snorkeling group, of they took 12 at a time. And we had a group of six. Everyone except for us, six, literally couldn't swim. We're out in the middle of the ocean and like most of these people, people can't swim. <laughs> no joke. One guy, literally he had a doggy paddle and the guide had to hold his hand
0: oh, boy. while he
2: was guiding us <laughs> through this barrier reef. So – Uh, apart from that it was really good and then included in this price after you get back from the boat you get to go to a dropped off to a beach resort (laughs) cool um but our group was pretty tired after going around getting on and off the boat so we just decided to uh skip that part and go to eat our driver gave us a really good recommendation and literally uh she drove us to the restaurant and literally waited there (laughs) until after we ate to drive us to the port we told her she didn't have to but this place literally is full service from when you get off the boat until when they drop you at the pier. So for $55 a person, it's just such a good deal. I mean if it was through the cruise, it would probably be like $130, $140 bucks a person yeah, I
0: think. I, I normally do uh, – when I go to Roatown, I normally do Little Fringe Key. But this actually sounds like I might check that out next, the whole monkey, sloth, and snorkel uh, experience. It's yeah, really I mean cool how many one. times can you
2: say you held a sloth in your life? Yeah,
0: I never have. So
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, I found it on tri- I found it on uh, TripAdvisor or something, and then I looked and it was five stars. And you just have to book it through their Facebook page, and they're really quick and easy about it, and they give you really good instructions, and it all worked out great. So can't recommend that enough.
0: What was your name again? The company's
2: name? It's a uh, Daniel Johnson Sloth and Monkey Sanctuaries. <laughs> what I think it's called. I know it's Daniel Johnson Sloth okay. something. Um, but, and
0: then you had one more port.
2: Yeah, and then we went to Cozumel. I always like Cosmo. I almost always do Western Caribbean for some reason. So I've been to Cosmo like eight times. Nice. Um, we did very generic touristy things. The two other couples in our group had never been to a senior frogs before. Uh-huh. So, so we went there and then we just ate at the uh, – in that port area, we get it off. There's a, there's a Mexican restaurant there. It has a very generic name. It's called Tacos y Tequila. Okay. And despite its lame, touristy name, it's actually really good, authentic Mexican food. Mm-hmm. So it's just right there off the port. And we went and ate there and basically just went back on the boat. We were there for like two, three hours.
0: Okay. And then you make your way back to Miami. How was your debark process?
2: Actually, it's just like our embarkation process. It was probably one of the best ones I've ever had. The one thing that I love about Norwegian on this boat was you got to pick your time. Uh, You picked what slip. Every other cruise I've been on, they assign your time and zone when to leave, and there's basically nothing you can do about it. On this, I loved how you could pick when when you wanted to leave, so we just all decided, hey, this time works for us, and then we got in, and then... I timed it, uh, it took us 32 minutes from walking off the boat to out in front of the terminal. Wow. We had a rental car, and our rental place had a free shuttle, and our free shuttle was sitting right there, and no one was in it, so we ran up to it, threw our luggage in, and then he took off, and we were at the, at the rental place within another, like, 10 minutes.
0: Nice. Any first-time NCL tips to offer?
2: I would definitely do the specialty dining. The specialty dining restaurants are better. They all taste phenomenal. Your service is Great. That being said, the regular dining is still very good. I definitely reserve shows and dinners ahead of time, especially for dinners. It was so nice just to be able to walk up, tell them I had a reservation, they'd swipe my card, and we basically walked into the, every dining room we went to, and we had a table. Nice. And I'd also say, hey, do specialty dining early in the cruise, because less people go those nights. And uh, like our night on Moderna, which is the second night we cruised, we literally almost had that restaurant by yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, awesome. and I'd also say uh, wake up super early to go if you want to go to the pool because you're not going to get space in there unless you wake up really early.
0: So did you skip Margaritaville the whole time?
2: We actually did go to Margaritaville because like I said earlier, there's literally three options to eat almost every day on the cruise except for sea days. They do mm-hmm. open the main dining room for lunch. So you either have the buffet, Oceans, or Margaritaville.
1: Okay.
2: And after a while, I mean, as much as Despite how good Ocean's is, going there like seven days in a row for lunch would have uh, been a bit too much. So we did go to Margaritaville, and uh, I think it's pretty worth the price. I mean, it is $15 a person, but the food you get is good, and uh, you also get one of the biggest uh, plate of nachos I've ever seen in my entire life. It's probably, it's like a foot and a half tall by a foot wide. It's ginormous.
0: Nice. Well, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Norwegian Getaway?
2: I mean, I think it's a great ship. I hope I didn't sound too negative on it. The positives definitely outweigh the negatives. I think all my negatives are a little nitpicky. It's definitely my top five cruises I've ever been on. And the one couple that we were with had never been on a cruise before. And they said it was a 10 out of 10 vacation and that they would go on a cruise again and would go on a cruise with us again. So I can't really ask for more than that.
0: have been talking with Christopher. He just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Norwegian Getaway from Miami. Christopher, thanks for sharing this review with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip.
2: Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.